So the big question is this, how do investors like us who don't have a PhD in finance earn millions to start investing? How do we grow our bank accounts to build real savings and retirements and yet still have the time to do what we really love? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. Hey guys, it's John. Welcome to the Stock Market's Podcast. If you're having an awesome, awesome, awesome day, it's been a... Honestly, one of, I, I would say, literally probably the best week all year. Uh, this has been the election week, and oh my god, there has been so much volatility, especially in euro and Australian dollar, and oh, it's just so good. I mean, ah, really good. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's one thing, there's one mentality um, that I've always had as I approached the fund and my investments, and it's the idea of, like, being the best, uh, or being champion, or being, you know, at the top of the game, because at the end of the day, um, you know, if, if I do something like I want to like perform at my absolute highest level and, uh, I'm not going to compete in something if I don't think I can do that. And if I compete, you know, it can be in terms of sports, it can be in terms uh, of running or hockey or, or even skydiving. Um, or, but what I'm focusing on here more so is, is trading. And, uh, so because of that, I, I, you know, I'm really inspired. I have a, a couple of friends that are training, uh, essentially every single day to, be uh olympians uh some of them are swimmers some of them are runners um god some of the runners are, i mean they're just insane it, they're just insane um they're awesome i love them they're great i i <laughs> uh could not do uh some of what they do um once you get past like 120 miles a week it just it's really uh, it's incredible um but uh anyway 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 uh point being you know i was doing some pretty uh really, really just great trades, high level stuff though this week. And, um, you know, I was waiting around for some stuff and, you know, I decided to go and I, I love like, um, watching Olympians. And the reason why is because if you think about what Olympians do, like they do essentially, uh, they play a sport that pretty much anybody like anywhere with enough, you know, a couple of hours of practice, like pretty much anybody can play the same sports that Olympians compete in. Um, there might be like a couple of exceptions with like equestrian, but for like most of the sports, like pretty much anybody can do them if they like spend like an hour learning how to ski or, or if they, I mean, everybody on this planet can run in a straight line. So, um, well, it, well, I mean, you know, obviously there's exceptions if like you're, you know, hurt your spine or something, but you get, you get my point, right? Um, and it's really inspirational, I think, because you have, uh, and even then there's people that are like crippled that still like play Olympic sports, but that's besides the point. Um, you have these, these, uh, competitions, you have these sports where like there are literally millions and millions of, and if not billions of people that are playing, that, that play football or soccer or whatever, um, and yet when you watch the, like, you know, gold medalist, uh, Olympic swimmer, or, you know, you, you look at the best player for any given sport of, you know, the gold medal luge team or whatever the sport you want to look at is, um, what you're seeing is somebody doing something that there are, like I said, like insane amounts of other people doing, but they're the best solely because they put in the most practice and a little bit of it's luck, but like 99% of it is putting in the most practice and just continuing to do it over and over and over and over and over and over every single day for years of their life. And that's what makes them the best. Phelps spent like, I think it was 12, maybe even more, 14 hours a day in a pool. The dude felt like he couldn't walk when he got out of a pool. And that made him the best swimmer on the planet, arguably, but pretty defensively. Um, 
And so you have these incredible examples where everyone's basically playing the same game, and yet these, these leaders, they emerge at the top because they just played at a level, or they competed at a level so much higher than everyone else because they practiced so much more than everyone else in, in pretty much all of the scenarios. And I, I think that's really inspirational when it comes to investing because it's, you know, everyone's in the market. Or I've uh, recently been meeting a lot more fund managers in the, in the Forex space, and, you know, they're all trade and all. And it's like what differentiates the most sales people, the, you know, the highest tier competitors. It's, it's literally just how it because everyone's playing the same game, but they're different skill levels. And it, it just comes down to doing and practice and practice and practice and practice and, uh, and then execution. And I just I think it's really, really inspirational because it shows that with enough hard work or whatever, uh, you can really get anything done. Uh, but that's not my point. This isn't like some motivation thing of like, you have to just keep working hard and you'll be the best. But uh, what I want to focus on is curling. Uh, I love curling. It's always been a really cool sport. I wish I grew up around more ice. I love hockey and um, curling. I think is just so cool. It was just never enough people that like knew how to play or wanted to play curling around me growing up. But uh, I always wanted to do it. Um, I actually I'm I'm getting on set it up for rec hockey next semester, so I'm kind of excited about that, uh, and the flight club. But anyway, um, in curling there is usually four people on a team. One person is uh kind of at the base where all of the the pucks kind of get launched at, and they do all the sweeping at the base, and then there's the person that you know throws the rolls, you know, pushes the, the little puck thing, and uh, the rock, and then the two people that sweep right. And what's really interesting is how incredibly similar the execution of a curling strategy is to the execution of any trading strategy that exists. And it's really... Okay, so anyway, I'll, I'll kind of walk you through it and then I'll explain it. So um, with trading, right, you have the idea and then you have the execution of the idea. Really, really incredible trading book, Art of Execution. Uh, it talks about how there are these like it just goes over some really high level fund managers some really high level traders and uh and it shows how like some traders are wrong most of the time right and this is pretty obvious principle but it it, it talks about the specifics of investors that are like literally wrong most of the time but still pull out ahead and do incredibly well and manage multi-billion dollar funds all because of execution and so in curling you have the guy that throws it and then you have the sweepers right when you're throwing the, the, the puck, that is the idea, that is the thesis, that is the motivation. And if you throw the puck into the side of a wall, it doesn't matter how good the sweepers are. Like, you're not going to win. Um, and I, if I'm watching these super high-level Olympic curling matches. And these guys, I mean, it's incredible. They're launching up, you know, this rock down like 100, I don't know how long, it's, it's pretty long, you know, however long a curling thing is, like, you know, 100 feet or something, I don't know. They're launching this puck down on ice, like, trying to very, very gradually spin it towards this, this, you know, um, the, the target that's like way far away from them. And they have an accuracy of like inches. I mean, there are these clips where dudes will launch this puck down the ice and it'll miss the, the puck that it has to get around by like literally like a half of an inch so that it can go in and get the bullseye or do whatever it needs to do. And you have these other shots where like they'll bounce a puck into another puck and then that puck will hit three pucks, knock every enemy puck out of the way and leave all of their pucks on the table. I mean, it's incredible the insane level of accuracy that, that these Olympians are able to execute at. Uh, because, you know, they practice and they practice and, they, and they're so good at it, right? What's interesting is if you think about the two core parts of the team, you got the dude throwing and the, the guy sweeping, um, 
if your throw is is off, you're not gonna. It's it's not gonna work, right? If you are terrible at throwing, it doesn't matter how good the sweepers are. You're, the, if the execute, so this in in terms of trading, this is like you know the 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 strategy that you're trading, and then the execution of the strategy would be like the sweepers, right? So if you're starting off with the right strategy, if you're starting off with the right throw, all of a sudden a lot of opportunities open up because there are a lot of shots where you don't even need sweepers. You know, you're just hurling the puck in there to knock some of the enemies, you know, the uh, enemy rocks out of the ring. And so when you have the right strategy, you can execute it a lot of the times and just without even much, much, much physics, without even much help, you just, you know, go and you throw out the strategy and it'll work, you know, 80% of the time. But in uh, probably even more in the markets, uh, it depends. So here's where it's interesting, especially when you have different management styles. So the sweepers come in when you really need to have finesse, when you really need a, an extremely specific speed to get to an extremely specific spot on the board or to, to have an extremely specific curve path going around a, a very small arc to hit the right little bounce shot off of, up, off of a rock. And that comes down to having a, you know, the right strategy where the, the initial throw is good, is, is really good. And then you have to have the right execution. And the execution is shown through the sweepers, right? The sweepers are the executioner of the, of the throw. And you're, similarly, your execution of a strategy is your entry point and your exit point, right? So when you have uh, really an, an easier shot, say it's like all you got to do is throw it into the middle of like... The execution doesn't really matter too, too much. You don't have much, you know, nuance to cover. Um, so, like, when, you know, when I started trading, uh, that was kind of where I was at. Like, I would make trades. And with the stock market, it's, it, you know, generally, it's incredibly forgiving. So, like, you know, you can be, like, super wrong and, like, at the beginning. So, like, you can make an investment. Uh, here's, a good, here's a great example, actually. Um, my parents uh, kind of got swooped in on the whole crypto train late into the movement in, like, late 2007. 2017, God, 2007, they would have been in a very different place. Um, but anyway, so uh, I remember my uh, mom gets, it's like, she uh, buys Bitcoin, like, just crazy, uh, unfortunately, really, like, not the greatest, but really high up there um, in, like, the high, you know, uh, teens. And what's incredibly interesting is that it was, like, an incredibly bad execution of an investment in in the crypto space, and for years and years and years, it lost tons and you know it lost like eighty percent of its value or, or something like that, and um, and yeah, recently now you know stuff's been rallying back up. Markets have been uh, at least crypto markets have been doing really well because of the inverted yield curve and also all the printing and the inflation of hard assets. Um, and you know, now it's getting really, really, really close back up to break even. So even though the, and then hopefully it'll, you know, do really well after that. And so even though the, uh, actual execution of the idea of like, Hey, we should get into crypto, uh, should buy cryptocurrencies was incredibly bad and was not dollar. It was not averaged in at all. It was, it was really an incredibly terrible execution because the baseline philosophy of the investment was like pretty decent. Like, you know, blockchain tech is incredible. It's going to change the planet. Um, it did matter, right? Same thing if you think about like buying Amazon in 2000, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible trade. It went from like, I, I don't know what the numbers are off the top of my head. I think it's like a hundred bucks to like two or three or four or $5. Lost like 90% of its value from the, you know, the dot-com bubble crash. Um, and you can fact check me on that, but that, that was, I'm pretty sure pretty damn near close to that. 
And so it was a terrible, terrible execution. But the underlying idea behind it was really, really good. And, and so, you know, at the end of the day, it became, you know, the biggest, you know, really, really solid company. Um, and that's kind of what, when you look at curling, you have the guy throwing the disc. And even if there aren't even people sweeping, you can still do well with the right strategy. However, if you want to scale and grow, that's when you really need to have the sweepers. If you're going to compete in an Olympic level, there's no chance in hell you're going to compete without sweepers because you have to have that nuance. Um, and so later, and in, in especially kind of more recently, uh, years and years and years down the line, I started getting into more leverage, right? And so when you're trading like a naked options calls or puts, um, what's interesting is like you can make bets and then if you're wrong, you lose all your money, like boohoo. And if you're right, you do really, really, really well. Um, so I, I spent probably a couple, about a year mastering that. And uh, before I before I got into you know what I'm doing now with with currency futures, and um, what's cool is is it's kind of the same as is just throwing the rock. Like you don't need to have phenomenal execution because worst case scenario, you lose all your money. Um, which I know that sounds, uh, that sounds a lot worse than normal investing. Most people are used to like making five or 10%. Like I just understand that my set point is, is just, it's not there anymore. Um, but just, just roll with me. Okay. On this, cause I'm going to explain it a lot more in just a sec. Um, so because of that, like if uh, stocks at 90 and you you know, it's going to go to 120, you're just not like, like you, like you're pretty confident it's going to go to 120. Like you can buy calls at 90. And even if it goes down to 85 or 82, if as long as it comes back up and eventually goes to one twenty within your expiration time frame, you're gonna make a ton of money. Uh, it's it is it's if the if you know if the premiums are, are priced well. Um, so you know it doesn't like yeah you would do better if you have better execution, but you, at the end of the day you'll succeed with even mediocre execution. And most strategies, most technical strategies, like that's pretty much the story. Uh, with pretty much every technical indicator or um, strategy or setup, like even if you don't have the best execution, as long as you have the strategy down, like you, you'll do pretty damn well. Uh, you'll definitely outperform. I mean, it's, it's, as long as you just follow the strategies. And uh, the execution is, is sort of a nuance that a lot of people glance over uh, until you start to get into very, until you start to get into higher leverage. So, um, ever since I started trading 1,000x currency derivatives and uh, also 100x crypto futures, I started to realize was, oh my gosh, my strategies and my technique and, and you know, my, my quote-unquote throw in curling, like the, the principles and, and the ideas I've been executing are phenomenal. But uh, my execution of them, right, my sweeping, it had a lot of work to do, uh, especially in terms of entering and exiting positions, which is essentially all the execution of any given trade. Um, because my execution was off. So, the, so I had these trades, right? What I would do is I would, uh, crypto as an example, I started first trading uh, 1,000x leverage crypto future or 100x leverage crypto futures. Um, so you would make this trade and, and say that it, Bitcoin is going to go, uh, you know, it was like you would have head and shoulders or W's or, you know, whatever. Um, head and shoulders, surprisingly, are not very effective in, uh, in, in Forex, which I was extremely surprised about. But anyway, um, say we have this setup, right? And I knew it's going to, I know it's going to go up like, um, you know, say a hundred bucks or, you know, whatever. Um, um, so usually I just make the bet. I'm like, okay, cool. I know it's going to, you know, go up, whatever. But what happens, uh, especially in, in uh, crypto, is really volatile. So it was kind of pronounced then in uh, in that asset class, 
is you would have say it's at uh say it's at eighty and I think it's gonna go to hundred or it's gonna I well I guess it would be at like ten thousand or whatever thousand, um but say I think it's gonna go up a hundred so I buy it and bet on it going up a hundred if it goes down like you know three or uh, sorry not three like thirty I, I these numbers are just off the top of my head so I apologize but just theoretically okay so if it goes down like thirty. Like, my entire account gets liquidated, and I lose every single, like, I lose all my money. Um, and so, all of a sudden, if you have a down draw, and then it goes to your target, instead of it being like, oh, cool, I was right, I make money, it's, oh, crap, my execution was terrible, and I, you know, lost my entire account. And so I had that happen by far. I mean, I had that happen many and many and many and many a times, um, starting out in this, in the highly leveraged space. And... What he started to realize is, oh my gosh, I need to work on my sweeping. I need to work on my execution extremely because that's like literally after you throw, the next logical step is execution, right? And so once you have the strategy, once you have the principle, once you have the idea like, okay, this is the trade I need to make, you need to work extremely hard on execution of that strategy, uh, especially when you're dealing with high leverage. And once you get good at execution, it's just a freaking game changer because now you can have the exact same trades with a thousand times more capital and make a thousand times more money. And it's incredible. Uh, and so that's, that's really what I've been working on a whole lot lately. And it, it has just been incredibly rewarding and very, very, very thought provoking and uh, just a lot to learn about really having the absolute best execution in whatever market it is you want to invest in. Um, because once you have phenomenal execution of your strategies and you're really, I mean, literally six or probably nine of the past 12 trades I've made have literally been at the exact, like nearest bottom, like the exact, pretty much almost exactly the bottom of a move or exactly the top of a move. If it's a short, um, I mean, it's like incredibly close to the exact top or bottom of a move. And the way I've been able to do that is just by mastering execution. Um, and if you guys are, are kind of into Forex and all, uh, and you, and you uh, want to make similar trades, specifically what I'm looking for, hammer candles, um, you have to look at all the different time frames. So it depends on the time frames I'm dealing with, usually like four hour based support resistance levels. Um, and then essentially you get like all the different time frames up that are natural in MT4. And then you look for hammers in all the different time frames. And then you look for W's based off first initial hammers in any given time frame. And then you make entries based on the second hammer bottom of the W um, for a given time frame. And then you also dynamically adapt whatever the entry point is for the second bottom. Because the second bottom could also be a second W if the first bottom is a W. But then you also want to just validate that by looking at the strength of a hammer based on its candle wick size versus the actual uh, body. And you want to see a really skinny body as a kind of a bottoming hammer or a thicker one on a daily time frame as a bottoming hammer. Uh, great example, Odd Cod just made a trade on them, closed out the week a couple of minutes ago, and uh, the hammer on the daily is literally flat. So it's open and closed at essentially the same spot price and I had an entry point at the low of the candle to, on the daily chart which was based on the 5 and the 15 being W's which was based on the 4 hour and the daily having a really good support level here so without trying to and then also there was this really cool move where they had daily red 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 but the second red was a hammer 
which is a, a strategy that I honestly don't think I teach enough, so I think I should probably teach that one more because it's a really good strategy. Uh, and it was coming off of a double hammer, but I'm not going to bore you guys because it's really hard to explain this without having visuals in front of me. Um, but anyway, point being, that's what execution is, right? Once you can look at something and realize that at such an integral level, all of a sudden it goes from, oh, I'm going to trade this W to, oh, I'm going to time the exact bottom of this movement based on support and resistance levels, but also based, and I mean, obviously just basic technical analysis, um, but, but most importantly, you, you want to figure out, and it depends on the market, how you get the absolute best execution for your investment. And, uh, and once you have that down, once you have the throw, and once you have the sweeping, that's how you get to the Olympics. I mean, that's how you succeed. That's how you, you become really the, that's how you get to the top. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, that's the, uh, the really big takeaway I learned from watching some curling. Um, also, something really cool, apparently, is this sport called, like, ice cross downhill, and it's literally, like, the coolest thing ever. So, definitely, it's not an Olympic sport. It's, like, only sponsored by Red Bull, which is kind of weird, but it's, like, super cool sport. Um, so, yeah, man, ice cross downhill. I've been enjoying some of that lately, too. Um, but anyway, that's the, uh, that's the big takeaway this week. Uh, because there was this huge swing in Euro where it went up like 800%. I, bought, I was trying to end it on Monday. It went up like 800% on Tuesday. Then it crashed um, 1,600% off the election. Then it went up another 3,200% over the rest of the week. I mean, it was incredible, incredible. And it was literally like, it was awesome. It was so cool. And um, if you want to cash in on that, right, it all comes down to execution because the way that the wicks work and the way that the hammer volatility, the candle volatility works is um, it, uh, it'll literally whip up and down and back and forth for the, uh, it'll, it'll go straight through liquidation levels. So if you don't have the right execution, you'll straight up get liquidated. It's not even a question. Um, and so that's where it really comes down to understanding the nuances of, of any given assets movement through experience. Uh, because once you do, oh my God, it opens, it's just, it's so many doors that uh, it's just, it's incredible. So um, yeah. That's that's another example because like if you just took the normal buy and hold strategy or, or you know if you tried to execute a strategy, but you weren't able to dynamically adapt the execution of it based on high volatility short term movements, uh, like the thing went up so quickly it was obvious that it needed to have a significant retrace reversal, and so once you recognize that you can adjust your execution strategy to capitalize on it and make even more and so, that's really the 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 huge 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 takeaway. I uh, I kind of had this, this week. So I hope you guys got a ton of value uh, from today's podcast. Go out there, apply it, absolutely crush it. Master your strategies first and foremost. Um, and 9 to noon will really help you do that. And then after you have that, master your execution of your strategies, uh, which a lot of times just comes from experience. And you will be unstoppable. So, yeah. Thank you guys so, so, so much. And have an awesome, awesome day. See you. Want more stock market secrets? If so, go get your free copy of my best-selling book, 9 to Noon. You can get your free copy plus $11,176 of unannounced bonuses that took me years to uncover completely for free at 9toNoonSecrets.com. Inside 9 to Noon, you'll find the top 38 secrets you can use to double your portfolio every two years and make upwards of 10% per trade daily.